This episode of the Beards for Radio podcast is brought to you by Farbar Clothing, Fashion, and Design. There are some new products hitting the shelves on October 1st. Go to far-ebar.com to browse. Beards for Radio. Sasha, how's it going? Man. Not much. Um, I think on this episode, we kind of owe a, a bit of an apology to the Detroit Lions, don't you think? Yes and no. Okay. Okay. Cool. Do you want me to start off with that? Take the reins, man. All right. No at the fact that being such a big Lions fan for so long, you know, you – it's, uh, <clears throat> how did they fool us again? You know what I'm saying? They lose <laughs> to San Francisco. They lose to the Jets. And then they're like, oh, they're going to get their asses handed to them by the New England Patriots. You know what I'm saying? The goddamn evil empire themselves. And mm-hmm. what happens? They handle them. They control time of possession. You know what I'm saying? They friggin', you know, St- Stafford throws damn near 300 yards. To nine different wide receivers, you know what I'm saying? They had a hundred yard rush know, for the first time in seventy games. Did the Lions carry on Johnson, right? rookie? And I feel like one yard. Feel like we barely saw Tom Brady at all in the first half, which I love. You know, I love. You know, I love that. <laughs> right, and you know, in like they just controlled time of possession. You know, he threw to nine different receivers, but the top three receivers he threw to were his top three guys. Tate, Jones, and Galladay. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, was he doing his progressions? You know, was he doing his checkdowns? You know, is it starting to click for him what they want him to do? I don't know. Then again, look what kind of advantage I, I would say Maddie Patty, Mr. Weird Beard, had. You know what I'm saying? What if he, he had one up? If he's going to have one up on a team in the whole league, he's going to have it on the Patriots, correct? That's correct. You know? That's fair. So, so, you know, it, did he have something? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Did he have a good game plan that could that could you know he he could use in uh, you know in upcoming games you know to take us you know on a winning end for once in you know damn near seventy years or whatever. You know, I don't know. You know, was it just he knew the schemes that were going to be played? He kind of knew what was going to go on, so he kind of just rolled the dice and went with it, and, you know, it turned out well. Or is it just – is this a start of something? So that's where I got to say, yes, I'm sorry. And if it, it, it's a start of something, I, I it's wholeheartedly apologize. But you can't blame me, me. You can't blame you. You can't blame the whole fan base pretty much, you know. Right. For, and that they're gonna lose to the Patriots, and you know, you know, they fool us how many times? But this is this is classic Lions too, though. You know, what I'm saying we've seen this so many times. Right. They, they lose to crappy teams, and they like play like Super Bowl worthy opponents and smear them. You know, what I'm saying so. Yes and so no, is this, but is this gonna be the classic bait and switch where they show us what we want to see, 
They go out and play a full 60-minute game, uh, for the most part, to the best of their abilities. And they're following it up with a trip to Dallas. I think a bad Cowboys team. Like, you take away Ezekiel Elliott, and what do they have? I don't think they really have anybody uh, worthy of note on that team. It's not the same offensive line that they've been able to hide their flaws behind. Um, I don't think Dak Prescott is any good. They don't really have any skilled players that I would give over a C-plus rating, you know? Um, I'll apologize for for overlooking them so much that I thought the game was over as soon as the Patriots lost to the Jaguars. Like, (laughs) it's the NFL. Maybe we overlook a lot of teams most of the time that we shouldn't, and – these teams are on much more even ground than we give them credit for. It's very rare to see a blowout in the National Football League. By a blowout, I mean like a 20-point-plus victory. Like, for the most part, you see seven-point games, eight-point games, three-point games, just games coming down to the wire or at least looking like it, looking like they came down to the wire. Um, right. But, you know, after what we saw in the first two weeks, it was kind of fair to assume – that they weren't going to be any good. So does this say more about the Lions or the Patriots, or does it say anything at all? Because it was one game, week three, September, home crowd, Sunday night football. You know, I'm going to – I think maybe it does say something about the Patriots. I'm going to risk – I'm going to risk looking like a fool if they turn it around and, you know, become world beaters again. But – you lose your defensive coordinator to become a head coach elsewhere who's been on your staff for um, at least a decade, I believe. Uh, right. Your quarterback is upwards of 40, and he's not he's never really been an athlete per se. He's a very excellent game manager. He game plans very well. He does what he does. He's Tom Brady. I don't, I don't have to sell Tom Brady to you. But who are your skill position players? Gronkowski, who was – Thinking about retirement, I don't think it was just because he might have been traded elsewhere to Detroit. I think it's because he knows he has very limited time left. You know, Edelman is up there, and he's not playing until week five. Uh, They went out and got Josh Gordon, but he didn't play on Sunday. He might play this week. And if he plays, how effective is he going to be? He hasn't played a full season of football in five years, you know? No, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. <laughs> um, I think it was a pretty good pickup because, you know, hopefully this young man has turned himself around, you know, for the better. Yeah, and, you know, he could be a viable weapon over there in <clears throat> New England. But you're right, you know, is it is it the end of a dynasty as we know it? Because, you know, whether yeah. people want to say that Tom Brady's outrunning, you know, Father Time and blah, blah, blah. Well, Father Time, you know, time always wins, man. You know, saying that in Texas, you know, death and taxes are for certain. You know what I'm saying? You know, we're going to get old. We're going to slow down. We're going to die. That's, you know, that's just how it goes. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we're going to see Tom Brady slow down. Is it this this year? I don't know. Next year? You know, I have no clue. It's going to come soon, though. This year, next year, two years from now, for sure, he's going to be slowed down. Um, Yeah. And maybe we're seeing the results of that, you know, and um, maybe they're kind of retooling. Um, yeah. Other than that, man, I mean, they're the Patriots. I never – you never can count out the Patriots. Um, Belichick's probably one of the that 
what we've ever seen. So I wouldn't count them out. Um, I'm glad we got the win. Uh, a, a little morale booster, especially against your old, you know, employer. Um, right, and, and I hope it just carries over for the rest of the season. That's, you know, right. that's, that's all I can hope for, you know? Yeah. The biggest takeaway is what this could do. Like it's a big win that made a lot of us forget about the ugly first two weeks. It was a complete 180 from the Monday night disaster against the Jets, uh, where, you know, like I, I said this early, I said this before outside the podcast that, um, you know, in a span of 13 days, we saw maybe the worst Lions game ever and then the best Lions game ever, or at least of recent memory. So it's very different. Um, but what can they make of this? If they go on the road and lose to Dallas – it's all erased. It's all for nothing, right? Like you're, you're sitting at one and three, and the Packers are coming to town. If Aaron Rodgers is playing, it's a favorable favorable matchup for them. If not, it's good for you. But yeah, Let's see what it's one game, very exciting game. I think that's what they look like when they're operating to their highest um, efficiency. I guess <laughs> I think that's what they look at like at tip-top shape we'll see if they can keep putting it together but it was very encouraging very exciting and it broke a lot of the rules the rules being lions can't win in prime time you know the patriots don't lose back-to-back games lions can't get a hundred yard rusher yada 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 stafford can't win a big game like that was stafford's signature win like i feel like that's the first big win of stafford's career in detroit and I think that's a huge load off his shoulders. Right. No, most definitely. I think it was just well needed. I think the hundred yard rusher, even though it was 101 yards and, you know, <laughs> players do that all the time. Running backs do it all the time, you know, every other week, mm-hmm. understandable, but you know, you know, it's, it's, it's refreshing. It's something, it just, it just needs to happen. You know, as a Lions fan, you know, you just, there's that little, little little string of hope that you know you just hold on to and you know and if it unravels you know you just you just keep pulling on and hopefully it goes out and you can you can pull yourself off the safety but that's that's what being a Lions fan is about man it's just it's it, it's it's not easy it's it's definitely hard and you know and you watch the patterns and I, I hope this isn't a pattern and like you said if they lose at Dallas and then the pattern continues and, um, it, it, you know, this Patriots win was all for nothing, you know? So right. I agree with you on that one. And then, and then they had the Packers coming in town, Joe, and you know, you heard the rumors about the Packers, right? Uh, which rumors? I've heard maybe the rumors that they might be acquiring someone in oh, that backfield. Yep. 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 My man, my someone might be going back into the green. You know, I, I read that that them and who we're talking about, the Patriots, are the forerunners to pick him up. Well, you know. And if you don't know who we're talking about, it is Le'Veon Bell. The man who so Joe, to get out of his take. Right. There's no hope for him there. <laughs> if... Le'Veon Bell and Aaron Rodgers were to join forces in Green Bay. Mm, that would be sexy, dude. That would be fantastic. Like, I mean, I mean, this is coming from someone who's not really a Lions fan. So I guess from this from the view of a Lions fan, that's scary. Cause 
Like Matthew Stafford, one thing Aaron Rodgers hasn't really had for the last five-plus years is a running game. Can you tell me, like, what substantial running back Aaron Rodgers has had on his team? Like, maybe Eddie Lacy? Right. That's that's about it. Eddie Lacy. They had Ty Montgomery had a great season last year, but people weren't, you know, people weren't ready for that. Right. You know, off uh, other teams, other teams, defense coordinators weren't ready for what he did last year. It was just, you know, it was just by just default almost, you know, right. Yeah. But no, they haven't had any runners. Le'Veon Bell and Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback, in my opinion. He's probably got a two to three year window of being the best. Le'Veon Bell maybe is not the best pure running back. I think that's Todd Gurley. But he does so much, and he's at least top two, top three in everything that he does. He, When he catches the ball, when he goes out and runs routes, he's a top ten receiver in this league. And he deserves to get paid like someone who's going to touch the ball 400-plus times a year. He had over 400 touches last year. He led the league in 2018 in terms of touches. Not only that, it was the most touches any skilled player had since 2014. Like, you think the dude taking those hits, that wear and tear on his body, and running backs already have a short lifespan in the NFL, isn't going to want to get what he's earned while he can get it? You know, that's that's what frustrates me about Pittsburgh is you got Marquise Pouncey, the third highest paid center in the league, coming out talking about Le'Veon Bell's money talking about being a bad teammate or a bad dude, um, which, by the way, he was wearing a free Hernandez T-shirts when uh, the Aaron Hernandez news first broke a few years ago. So he's not exactly a good judge of character, you know. And you got your offensive linemen. Your offensive linemen who are supposed to be the ones protecting you and, like, you're supposed to have a good give-and-take relationship as a running back with your offensive linemen. You got them coming out and talking bad about him because he didn't show up. That's that's backwards, man. There's no way you should go back into that situation. I wouldn't. I would if I was Le'Veon Bell, I might take James Harrison's advice, sign the sign the contract, come back when I have to, and fake an injury. Yeah, maybe. Or you can take James Harrison's advice and just go play for the Patriots and win the Super Bowl. Mm, you know I don't want that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, so like, you know. There's seven teams that I was reading that he could, it can possibly happen. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about the Pats, we talked about the Packers. There's two teams that you can go back and play in the same colors, color as his alma mater, the Jets and the Eagles. You know, the green and the white. Right. Um, the, the Buccaneers, which is kind of intriguing, but I don't think I don't think he'd really want to go down there. And this this one though, Joe. This one is right up your alley, man. The Dolphins. You know what? I I would be all for it. But one team I think could be sneaky in the Le'Veon sweepstakes, um, not only for this year, but, you know, who he signs with. Maybe the Indianapolis Colts, who have not provided enough weapons for Andrew Luck, who is one of the bright stars in the NFL. He's had some injury misfortune lately, but it looks like he's on his way back. That would be another pairing of um, two guys around the same age who are near the top of their level at their respective positions that could kind of feed off of each other, you know? 
True. But hey, if he wants to come to Miami, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it, man. Come split some time with uh, right, Kenyon right. Drake in the backfield. I think it'll be deadly. That would be kind of crazy. But I think, I think honestly, I think if he goes anywhere, it's gonna be the the Pats and the Packers because you know in this day and age, he has what? Do you see? Like you said, three, maybe four years left. You know, he's gonna want to get a Super Bowl. Anybody, he's gonna want to go to gets, a contender ready team. If anyone gets him this year, they'll have to trade for him, and they'll only be guaranteed to have him for this season. Um, because after that, he'll be a free agent. So if a team does go out and trade for him, I think that's kind of a ballsy move, gutsy move, you know, because it could be the Paul George effect in OKC where he comes, he doesn't plan on staying, but he plays, and he realizes it's okay, it's good, makes some good friends like Russell Westbrook, get rid of Carmelo Anthony, and he sticks around and signs a long-term deal. Or you trade away a lot to get him, he doesn't want to be there either, maybe like Kawhi Leonard possibly, <laughs> and he 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 bolts. Um, right. So it's kind of, would you want your, if your team wasn't the Lions, because I think they, they are kind of set with on Johnson, uh, Theo Riddick, and LeGarrette Blunt, the fat whore. Um, so, like, if it was your team, pick any random team, like, would you want your team to take the gamble and go – get Le'Veon Bell for the remainder of this season. They can't afford him. Right. They have too much money tied up. They have way too much money tied up in, like, Ziggy and, and Stafford's, like, ungodly friggin' contract that they, they can't free mm-hmm. any space up to get if I wanted him. But if he came here and said, like, you know what, I want to come back home, I'll just take whatever, you know, yeah, I'll, you know, it would be, you know, right. dumb not to take it, but it just, it's just, it's not it's not possible. And plus, I think he has a mindset of, you know, I want to win now, and I want to, you know, get out pretty much. Yeah. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Right. I, I yeah. think if somebody's going to go get him this year, it's going to be a contender who needs the boost in the running game. If, like, somebody who's got their eyes set on the Super Bowl this year and need a clear upgrade at running back. Like, I don't think the Rams would go for it. I don't think the Vikings. Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the Vikings would go for it, even though it would be sweet to see Cousins and Bell back together. That would be awesome. Actually, Kirk Cousins, when he was in Washington, the year uh, Bell was in the draft, has told people he was trying to sway the the GM in Washington to draft Le'Veon Bell because he knew what he could do from their days in college. Well, I guess it better. I guess Washington didn't do too good. No, they haven't done good much lately. But a team that has been doing pretty good last month or so, last three weeks, I guess, uh, Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, man, they um, they continue to steamroll. You know, just just exactly what I wanted to see, man. I wanted to see them go up big, go up, uh, you know, quick, early, and and, and bring in some other players. You know what I'm saying? McCaffrey got to come in, you know, Patterson threw for a, a buck 20, a touchdown. McCaffrey come, came in through like for like 80 something in a touchdown, you know, so it was really good to see McCaffrey getting there. I really, really like what I see in McCaffrey from what I got to see of McCaffrey. Um, Tron Higdon played really good, but, but the really great thing was this, this white 
dude out of nowhere, Ben Mason. He had like <laughs> six rushes, you know, like 15 yards, and they had three touchdowns. And you're like, this is kind of stuff that I'm not going to say is the answer, but like, this is stuff you got to do. Mix it up a little bit, man. Mix it up. You know, like who, Ben, who, Ben Mason, who scored three touchdowns, who, you know, that's almost like Bill Belichick, you know, it's like, you know, he has like these running backs out of nowhere, and all of a sudden they have those games where they score like four touchdowns. It's like, you know, when you go up big and you go up early, you have the luxury of rotating players in, throwing guys in, seeing if you got diamonds in the rough. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he, I'm not going to say this is the answer because I'm, I'm, I just, they need to keep steamrolling. They need to keep taking this into Northwestern next weekend. And just, you know, keep on going. Northwestern's own three. You know, they, they might be, you know, what I like to call those, you know, those pissed – now they're pissed off. You know what I'm saying? They're, right. they're pissed off giants. You know what I'm saying? They're sleeping giants. Now they're pissed, really pissed off because, you know, they're own three and they, they lost to Purdue, Duke. They lost a freaking acre. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know, I don't want them to be, like, upset, but they're going to be upset and they're going to try to take it out of Michigan. And Michigan needs to be ready. You know what I'm saying? But um, I, I like what I see. They need to continue to steamroll. They need to continue to go up, go up big, go up early, and rotate players in and get everybody acclim- acclimated. Because when it comes time for the big games, from OS, OSU, the Penn State, the Michigan State, the Wisconsin, they have to. They have to have complete team. Um, you know, everybody needs to contribute. Right. Complete team contribution from everybody. And it, it – it, and this is a time where he needs to do it and just keep steamrolling, keep going. So I like what I see out of Michigan. They're not in the clear, in my opinion, yet. They need to show me what they need to do against big opponents and not do what they did against Notre Dame and just just keep this going, keep it going. So right, right, right. that's just my opinion. Um, yeah, well, you talked about finding diamonds in the rough. I think Mark D'Antonio did that when they brought in Jalen – Speedy Naylor from Las Vegas. Um, they missed out on Rondale Moore, who went to Purdue and looks like a stud. Um, and I saw a tape of Jalen Naylor when they signed him late uh, in the signing period, and he sh- he showed ver- he sh- he showed up in the first couple games. I keep stuttering a little bit, but that's fine. Um, and then on Saturday night in Bloomington, first career Big Ten game. Uh, second drive of the game, MSU's first scoring drive. He made a nice catch from Lewerke in the red zone, made a couple guys miss, dove into the end zone. It was nice. It was nice to see a kid like that making plays. And then late in the game, he puts the game away on a jet sweep. I think it was 75 yards, and it was it was nice. Like Just thinking about it, it was, it was special to see, and I hope it's another weapon that they can utilize in this offense when they decide to get their heads out of their ass collectively as a because I don't if last week we talked and I said the offensive coordinator Dave Warner needs to get his head out of his ass but uh this pain this hurts me to say this but Saturday night was the worst game I've seen from Brian Lewerke as a starter at Michigan State specifically the second half specifically the second half um Look, first half, I thought he was great. He was making plays. Uh, I believe he went into halftime with 185 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. I don't think he took any sacks. But the second half, 
And this was this was in a kind of they didn't they never uh, had like a really comfortable lead. They were up by twenty one at one point, but it was it was kind of brief. Um, three completions for twenty eight yards, and he turned the ball over three times. One of them from his own doorstep, from the goal line. He threw the ball away. It got picked. Indiana scores on the next drive, and it's a game again. Um, I don't want to see that from a junior quarterback who has started um let me do the math here was in his 18th start as a quarterback as inexcusable i thought he was making very poor decisions i thought his his passes early on were on target he was playing well um but again he continued to be kind of blind in the pocket he would do that thing where he runs backwards as soon as somebody's breathing down his neck um which sometimes he strambles out of it makes a play makes a highlight real type play but more often than not, he gets sacked and he loses five, six, ten more yards than he should have. You know, makes his bad situation worse. And he was misfiring on a lot of plays. Um, I don't know. Like, the two interceptions he threw were not great plays by the corner. They were bad plays by Brian Lewerke. And that was extremely disappointing from, you know, we're two people who have loved Lewerke since he – took the reins last year and ran with it. He ran with it and he was exciting to watch and he's still exciting to watch, but he needs to just calm the F down. Like, I don't know if his jitters, I don't know what's happened since last year. He doesn't seem calm. He doesn't seem like the player he was. And it's very early. It's three games in, you know, so I'm not panicking, but I've seen a lot of bad decisions from him early on, whether it was, um, you know, he tried to spike the ball to make it look like intentional grounding against Utah State. Refs called it a fumble. Maybe they shouldn't have, but they did. Um, you can't leave that in their hands. You know, you can't leave that up to discussion to the refs. And then he threw a pick six later in that game against Arizona State, threw an interception in the red zone, uh, scrambling out of a – trying to scramble away from a tackler. On, on, I believe it was second down and goal. It kind of overshot Matt Dodson, bounced off his hands, picking the end zone. You lose by three. And then against Indiana, threw an interception on his doorstep. Um, when you have a pretty comfortable lead, threw another interception when you're trying to put the game away. Threw it right to uh, I don't know who the dude was. I didn't I didn't catch his name, but he was covering Cody White. You know, if he throws it a little more outwards, Cody White could at least try to make a play for it or just toss it out of bounds. But he sorely underthrew it. And then um. The game was pretty much over at this point, but it's fourth down and short. They try to go for the option. He gets stopped, and then he just pitches it backwards where the only players who could get it were on Indiana. Like, you're really risking a, a scoop and score right there. So that's three turnovers that really could have been avoided. I don't, I, I don't think Connor Cook would make those kind of turnovers. I don't think Kirk Cousins would. I don't even think Drew Stanton would unless he was playing Notre Dame in the fourth quarter and they had a 16-point lead. But that's irrelevant. Um, what I'm saying is the defense has allowed 98 rushing yards total this year through three games, 98 rushing yards. Um, they, <laughs> they gave up three points that weren't off of turnovers on Saturday night in Bloomington. Uh, what was the score? It was 35-21. 18 of the points they gave up were directly off of turnovers. And I feel like we're going in circles from last year. And I want to see the offense collectively take the next step up because you're not that young anymore. You're experienced. 
You know, you got juniors and seniors now. You're not freshmen and sophomores and juniors now. You know, and and then there is the part about about the offensive coaching staff because what I saw in the two minute warning when they admitted that they weren't going to be able to run the ball and they started throwing it around to Felton Davis and Matt Dodson and just letting the receivers make play, make plays. Wow. Um, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. They, they moved the ball 75 yards in like a minute and a half and it was never in doubt. Like the, I don't think the drive ever got to third down. Like it was all first and second downs because they were just going down the field and using their athletic abilities to their advantage because their receivers have some amazing advantages when it comes to athleticism. So that's, I don't know when it was like, I got excited when I, when they announced LJ Scott wouldn't play because I thought no offense to LJ Scott. I love him, but I thought they weren't going to try to force the run game. If your bell cow is not there, if LJ Scott's not right. And they were just kind of, they were just kind of like, they would just be like, you know, we don't have him. So let's just do what we can and throw the ball around like we did against Penn State, like we did against everybody in the second half of 2017. But they didn't. They didn't do that. They still wanted to force the run with uh, players that didn't even play running back in high school, like Connor Hayward and Ladarius Jefferson, who are very nice pieces, complimentary. Or very nice complimentary pieces to a three-down back like LJ Scott. But you don't have LJ Scott in the game. So don't Try to run the ball. I feel like – I don't know. I need – if you're going to run the ball, prove to me you can do it this Saturday against Central Michigan because they can't stop anybody. If they stop you, then, yeah, you might as well not even hand the ball off at all the rest of the season. <laughs> like, fine. You want to run the ball this Saturday while I'm in the stands? That's fine. Prove to me that you can do it at least against the worst competition out there that's not named Rutgers. If you can't do it against them, I don't want to see another handoff this year. Don't want to see it. Well, that is a fiery Joe letting you know about his Michigan State Spartans. They won, but they didn't win in a fashion that Joe deems necessary to take on the playoffs hey, but hey man i'm very happy with the win they live but you know right? when you're winning by but 14, they live, they live they win another by 20 week. i don't like that man huh? i like understandable but they but they live to fight another week joe hey, and you know you know you just gotta hope for the best you know hey, saying, i've been doing it for a lot of time <laughs> i'm just saying you don't turn the ball over the defense only gives up three points I love seeing defenses hold teams to um, single digits or shutouts, you know? I love seeing that. And I, oh, yeah. the defensive line really stepped it up in the second half. Like, uh, what's his name? Peyton Ramsey, Indiana quarterback, had time in the first half to, like, go through his reads, make adjustments, make plays. Uh, first couple drives of the second half, he was swarmed. Like, every time he dropped back. Uh, huge shout-outs to uh, Raekwon Williams and Kenny Willekes and Brandon Boyer-Randall because um, they really stepped up to play, especially after halftime. So that was huge. If they can if they can continue to develop that, like they got five sacks Saturday night, if they can continue to get multiple sacks per game, like that's that makes a huge difference going forward in every game, every game. 
But um, yeah, I don't know where you want to take it from here, man. Oh yeah, Joe. I mean, I was letting you vent, bro. This is like Joe's venting session. I feel you, man. Um, I I, I think I think Lebrucki's problem is he just, he just does not trust his offensive line, mm-hmm. and um. You know, I could just leave it at that because you know he's he's one hell of a talent, but you're right, he seems flustered. Um, but what what I really need him to do is get rid of that stupid flipping haircut. He looks so <laughs> stupid with that haircut. He just needs to shave it all off, man. I'm just so sick of it. But uh, other than that, man, you know, you can tell he loves that hair. Like he's playing with it before a post game interview and stuff like that. You can tell he loves it. He's a little working. Oh yeah. He just needs to change it. It's just such a, it's such a I just hate the douchebaggy look. You know, and the bad thing is, <laughs> my kid wears a haircut. You know, it's just, it's whatever. I understand it's cool, it's whatever, but it just looks so stupid on him. <laughs> this is like shave your head, bro. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, no comment. No but, comment. <laughs> but hey, you know, who's you know got great. It is what it is, man. Clemson's quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He's got the flowing locks of uh, sunshine from Remember the Titans. Oh, no. <laughs> seen this guy's hair? Trevor Lawrence started quarterback, Clemson? No. Well, you're going to have to see it, man. You're going to have to see it. <laughs> but, yeah, man. So, there's a new Marvel movie coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's kind of... I feel like the answer back, the, the fire back to DC's Wonder Woman because it was so successful. That's why they're coming out with them. You know, when they came out with the two and, they, you know, she's she's part of the Avengers. She's going to be in the Flashpoint, you know, movie because I think Gail Gadot is such a badass that they need to respond here in the Marvel Universe, man. You know, they're not going to let that, you know, go. So to bring it on Captain Marvel, and um, you know, we see the we see the trailer. There's a young, young Nick Fury pre eye and eye patch injury. So like we don't know what's gonna how's it gonna happen there. We saw that, you know, she was once human. She has become something now, which I believe she somehow gets entangled with the Cree, which is really cool because as a Marvel Agents of Shield watcher we see Phil Coulson come back in the mix. I don't know it's mm-hmm. it's pre all that stuff, but you know, we, you know, seeing Phil Coulson and thinking like, Oh, are they going to baby bring in, you know, are they going to go back to agents of shield? Or are they going to bring that in or they show the start of it? You know, that's, that stuff's kind of cool. So, um, and I want to see how this ties into the infinity wars being so, so long ago. So it's, it's really intriguing. It's, 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 it's really, to me, like, how are they going to link the times, you know? Yeah. So it's really cool to see, definitely. Yeah, I think the trailer had some interesting bits in it. Like, um, you see Fury kind of handling the device that he uses in the uh, post credit scene of um, Infinity War when he sends out, and we see the uh, the Captain Marvel signal right at the end. Spoiler alert. Um, right. And, uh, you know, we see, like, uh, the something about neutralizing threats or you never know where threats will come from. And you see her just bash an old lady on the bus in the face, um, which I think kind of 
plays into like the whole Captain America Winter Soldier thing, you know, like you try to end a war before it starts and millions of Ill- innocent people die because of they might do something like this, you know. Um, maybe Captain Marvel is a different kind of captain than Captain America. One who is just like, nope, I'm not going to let the war start. Like, I don't care if they're innocent now. Like, in the future, they will be this. So take them out now or something like that. I don't know. I haven't actually read up on her as much. But that's what I kind of took away from that scene is like, you know, it's like we have to learn to recognize threats. And like you see this old lady smile at her on the bus and she's like, Captain Marvel bashes her in the face. Yeah, so like... uh who knows? It's like, is the Kree taking over? Right. You know, because I believe, I believe the Kree are the whole reason why they have all the, the inhumans in the in the Marvel world, you know, and stuff that they use, the alien genes and whatever and whatnot. But it, it's it, it, it's cool to see them kind of go this way. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see it. I, I'm really curious. I don't want to re- read too much into it or look too much into it. I just want to watch it and then right. just kind of put it all together myself so um definitely 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 ready for that one yeah. so like the sooner they come out the the sooner they put it in the theaters the better um because I, I think it's confirmed like early may i think may 1st or 2nd is when um the next avengers movie comes out and it's the conclusion to the infinity war and probably the last we'll see of like you know Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans in their respective roles. Um, so I think the sooner it comes out, the better. Like, we're not, I don't think there are any other Marvel movies we're going to see until then because um, a lot of people died in that last one. So we're probably not going not to get any movies from them anytime soon unless uh, we get some loose ends tied up, you know? Right. Most definitely. And I'm really. You know, I was talking about this to a friend. I'm really sick of seeing like the the team up movies. You know what I'm saying? I think I I feel like that's where DC failed. I feel like D, DC tried to take the Marvel formula and like do the you know their standalone movies and then do the Avengers, but like they did Avengers and then they're like, oh, we're gonna do Aquaman. We're gonna do you know. Uh, cyborg movie, you know, and it's like it's like I I feel like Superman, Batman, DC hangs their hat on those two guys way too often. Now we talked last time how Henry Cavill stepped down and you know Ben Affleck stepped down, mm-hmm. and I think it's a good thing. I don't think there should. I think Batman and Superman need to stay out of the DC universe for a minute, especially in the the movie in the cinema. I think they should keep on going towards more stuff like the Joker origin movie, you know what I'm saying? With Joaquin Phoenix, you know, the, the, the flashpoint movie, mm-hmm. you know, they should do more stuff like that, you know, off, off, you know, off the whole, off the beaten path type. Cause there's so many good, there's good DC characters. Yeah. They just need not to follow this Marvel, you know, we're going to do all these standalones and then, bring them together do these standalones and bring them together and then you know we're gonna tie them all in together it's like dc i get it that you're competing with marvel but find your own formula don't go after marvel's formula because marvel has their formula set everybody knows what to do you watch a marvel movie you wait for the credits to end and you see how it's gonna tie into the next movie and they all tie you know they have their formula down pat and it works for them 
I think DC needs to stay the f away. You know, dibs. do they their own thing. That formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, most definitely. I think I think what this Captain Marvel movie will do, aside from um, you know, introduce a new character from the comic books into the cinematic universe and um also bring her into the next Avengers movie is kind of kick off a new era of the MCU because it's not going away but it's going to adapt we're going to see less and less and less and less of Captain America and Iron Man and Thor and you know Hawkeye and the Hulk and more and more of Spider-Man and Black Panther and Guardians of the Galaxy hopefully and you know Captain Marvel Etc. Doctor Strange, maybe you know. Right, most definitely not not the same old, you know. And those superheroes, they they started it. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, give them props for doing that. But sometimes, you know, step aside and let you know new superheroes come out. And that's why I'm saying, like DC, if they start doing that now, they'll be ahead of the curve. They'll, they'll, they'll be good. They'll be good because they'll be doing that kind of stuff. You know. Superman and Batman, you know, Iron Man, Thor, it's the stuff is so saturated with them in in the you know comic cinema world that it's just like step aside, man. You know, you, you can you can do you can do a great Wolverine cameo, brother. You know, you can do a great Thor cameo, you know what I'm saying? And people are like, Oh yeah, Thor, I forgot about oh, Thor. He was the shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I don't want a standalone Hulk movie, but it's like, you know, that's all Hulk's going to do is like be a side character or an Avenger now. So like, I'm all for that, by the way, like, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Like these characters and these actors have had their, their time in the spotlight. And I feel like they've done their part. They've done all they can do as characters, as actors that, you know, it's kind of time. Like, they probably feel the same way. I know their contracts are expiring and, um, you know, we'll, we'll be seeing less and less. Like we already have three, uh, we already have a trilogy of just Captain America movies. Um, I don't know if you want to call Civil War like just Captain America, but, you know, that was technically a Captain America film. Uh, excuse me. Um, obviously the three Iron Mans, three Thor movies. Um you know, so I think that's what they will be. You know, it'll be more like what we saw in Spider-Man Homecoming where Tony Stark shows up here and there as kind of like the drunk uncle slash guidance counselor to Peter Parker. Um, but not much more than that. Like he didn't play too big a part on the story as a whole. You know, it didn't affect it too much. I think I think that's what we'll see of the the original Avengers who all survived uh, the snap from Thanos. Um which is really convenient. <laughs> yeah. Most definitely, man. So I, I can't wait for Captain Marvel. I can't wait to see what she brings to the table. I can't see I can't wait to see how, you know, Shield and Nick Fury and how he gets his eye patch. So it's gonna be all, you know, it's definitely gonna be worth it all, man. But um I, I feel like the linking of movies definitely needs to come to an end because right. I just feel like it's going to be never ending. And then, you it's, know, I, the I, I, I keep telling people for the table, man. 
Right. And and I keep telling people how excited I am for this the this Joker origin movie. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. Heath Ledger. He like you know what, dude? Heath Ledger's gonna but this is if you know the Joker origin movie and, and you know it takes place thirties, forties, whatever, you know, if you know dude, it's it's gonna be such a freaking good movie. And I I think I people so. because they're so set that Heath Ledger is the best Joker, you know what I'm saying, that they don't realize that in the comic book world there's different realms, there's different, you know, you know, storylines, you know, of characters, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, there's not just a Heath Ledger, Joker, Dark Knight, you know, storyline. That's not the only, just not the only storyline, you know, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this movie, you know, and I think it's gonna, I think it's, it's gonna be a very underestimated movie. I think people are gonna be pleasantly, pleasantly surprised with it. And not only that, we have a standalone villain movie, um, that has kind of snuck up on us tomorrow. No, 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 no. Tomorrow's not October 5th. A week from tomorrow is October 5th. And, um, it's the premiere of the, the Venom movie coming out with Tom Hardy playing Venom. Yes. Oh, uh, you know, so we'll see how that I, looks. I, I, guess, I guess you can call Venom more of like an anti-hero. You know, I want to, I want to say, because I don't think, you know, even though he's just like, you know, the, you know, this friggin' thing from, you know, another planet, the symbiote, you know? So, but I also don't think Eddie Brock's is like a bad, that bad of a person, you know what I'm saying? And like, he has teamed up and done good. So we don't, I, we don't know how it's going to go. And they, they did make this movie PG-13. So is it going to tie in with Spider-Man? Right. You know what I'm saying? So there's the complications with Sony and Marvel, like on that too. So maybe, you know, it, it's it's now a little bit more complicated for uh, Spider-Man to get involved. But I mean, obviously, it's in the Spider-Man universe because it's it's a Spider-Man character. So, True. um, yeah, I, the Venom movie. I don't know which ways it could go in terms of like the story, what's gonna happen. And also, if it's going to be good or if it's going to be bad. Obviously, if I'm going to go see the movie, I want it to be good. But I'm also prepared for it to not be so good. You know? um, I feel you. But, yeah, that's coming up. It's kind of sneaking up on us. It's a, it's a week away. And, and you know, I'll, I'll, we'll, I'll try my best to see it early so we can uh, get All a good right, cast too. on it. Tell me too. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, but but I think we covered everything. But before, but before we take off, man, you want to do this hot take thing? Yeah. So I want to start adding some bold predictions uh, for the upcoming weekend of sports uh, uh-huh. weekly uh-huh. routine. Um, maybe some things we think that will happen this upcoming weekend. Uh, it's the football season, so we'll probably just stick to football as it is right now um maybe some bias gets involved we'll see um yeah i'll kick us off as it is um my um my bold take for this weekend is that the three and oh miami dolphins will go into foxborough and defeat the new england patriots and yes that will make three losses in a row for the once mighty patriots but 
Uh, um, I'm really nervous that this is going to backfire in my face. But here's my reasoning for that. Uh, the Patriots are letting everybody run on them. The Lions, Jaguars, uh, they barely beat the Texans, who, by the way, have not won a game. You know, the Patriots' only team they've beaten is 0-3. So that's not super encouraging for the Patriots fans. But like we said, Sunday night was the first time a Lions running back has gone over 100 yards in 70 games. And the Dolphins, aside from Sunday against the Raiders, have looked very effective running the ball with Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore, who uh, just does not age, apparently. He is the ageless yeah. one. <laughs> or power to him, man. I'm, I'm happy about that. He's coming home. Yeah. He's a product of the U. He's coming back home to Miami. Um, the Miami Dolphins' offense is very innovative. It's underratedly innovative. People talk about Sean McVay from uh, the Rams, which they should, deservedly so. He is a very creative mind. But Adam Gase has worked with some of the best offensive minds in football collectively over his career. And he's an Ypsilanti product. Shout out to the hometown, White Town. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, going into the Raiders game this past week, the Dolphins were 2-0. And I was kind of I was kind of getting there. I was starting to get excited. And, you know, they were down uh, 17-7 to midway through the third. And my hopes were not as high <laughs> at that point. But they rattled off 21 straight points, and they did it in an unconventional ways. Um, like they, ha- they did the, their version of the Philly special where they have, um, you know, two fake handoffs, give it to a wide receiver, Albert Wilson, who tosses it down the field to Jakeem Grant, who is a freak athlete. Uh, Speed-wise, like he's only 5'7", but this dude can shake and bake like no other. And he, and he makes two people miss. He goes into the end zone. And um, I believe that's when they took the lead. Yeah, that's when they took the lead in the fourth quarter. And then um, Xavier Howard, uh, third-year corner out of Baylor, is stepping up in big ways. He's got three picks already this year. He had two on Sunday uh, against Derek Carr, who is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, I believe. Um, one of them in a clutch moment in the end zone with the Dolphins clinging to a four-point lead. And then uh, the Dolphins just busted open with a huge run by Albert Wilson. And he high-fives Jakeem Grant going into the end zone. It was a beautiful moment. And then I look over at the Patriots sideline, and, you know, you got books coming out every week, it seems, about the relationship between Brady and Belichick. And is it this good? It seems like they're kind of going at each other's throats when the cameras aren't on them. It seems like... Yeah, I mean, we've fallen victim to it before, but it seems like the sky might be not falling, but it's decaying a little bit. And they don't really have anybody on defense. They can't stop the run. Uh, their corners, I couldn't name them. Well, I mean, that's not true. Uh, the dude that was in Buffalo, Stephen Gilmore, I can name him. Um, but they're dealing with some injuries. They're skill players. Uh, I can name Gronkowski and Gordon might play. They just lost Rex Burkhead, the running back for the year. They just lost... Jawan Bentley, who I thought was a great young product out of Purdue for the year. So I'm nervous. I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic. I hope it's not too bold of me and it doesn't backfire. But I think the Dolphins go into Foxborough, do what they haven't done since 2008, and they win the Patriots. They move to 4-0, and and uh, they get some solid footing in the division. Like – the more I watch tape on the Dolphins, the more I think it's going to happen. 
Wow. I guess I guess so, man. That's Joe's that's Joe's bold take. Mm-hmm. And NFL. next week hopefully I will be right. <laughs> Absolutely. And NFL football this Sunday he's calling it. Me, I'm not gonna elaborate as much as Joe's elaborate. I'm just gonna say this. Kirion Johnson gets another hundred yard gain plus a score. Okay. So I think he's gonna get I think he's gonna get triple digits and running yardage. And he's gonna score a touchdown, man. And I think um him being first hundred yard rusher in Lions, you know, you know, the franchise is for the what was how long has it been? Three years? What, what was it since like two thousand fifteen? Two thousand thirteen. Right. Reggie Bush. Two thousand thirteen. Reggie, yeah. So two thousand thirteen, right? He saw how much a whole city, a whole Ford field went nuts at him running 101 yards, man. I hope he's thinking in his head, bro, if I score a touchdown and run over 100 yards, these people are going to lose their minds, bro. So I hope I hope he carries it on. <laughs> no pun intended. Carry on, carry on, carry on. Johnson, please. We need it. Definitely. So there's my bold prediction. For the NFL this Sunday, carry on Johnson, 100 yards rushing plus, and he'll get a touchdown. Yeah. Hey, I hope this both come true, man. I hope they both come true. <laughs> you know, we said it last week, like, Lions got two young budding stars on offense. They got to utilize them, Kenny Galladay and carry on Johnson. And that's what they did Sunday night. It felt like they went to Kenny Galladay equally as they went to Golden Tate and more than they went to Marvin Jones, who did have a very nice touchdown catch. Um, Like when the Patriots got the ball to start the second and they went down and scored a touchdown, I was sitting in my living room. I was like, ah, no, like it's happening. The Patriots are going to (laughs) win. But then, you know, Stafford did did what he rarely does before the two-minute warning, and he responded, and they just went right down the field and scored a touchdown on them. I was like, oh, no, this is different. This is a different game. Like, Patriots didn't score again. So. Most well needed. I hope, like, hope it keeps going, man. It's, it's all we can – it's all you can do. It's all you can pray for. Is it, it just keeps on going up, man, because there's no place to go. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Other than that, I think there's not much more to add. I think we got a lot packed into uh, 54 minutes this episode. Absolutely, man, and and I can't wait to do it again. Let's, let's hope our bold predictions come true. Uh, maybe we're gonna have a little more to talk about. I read some stuff about uh, um, George Lucas putting all halts to standalone Star Wars movies because of the horrible solo movie whatever happened with that i don't think it was bad i just think it opened up against other good movies like deadpool so that's the only parameter of its success now is how much money you're gonna make the first two days it's in theaters right which is ridiculous so i'll read some more up on that i i hope it's uh, i hope he has a change of heart and you know he he signs off on some on some good Standalone movies because it's needed, man. What else are we gonna have? Is it are we just gonna follow the Skywalker saga for the rest of our lives? You know, even though Skywalkers are gone, I don't know. We'll find out. So, 
All right. Well, I'm Joe. And I'm Sasha. Spirits for Radio, brought to you by Farbar.com. New products coming soon. That's my boy. Got to give him a shout out. Check him out. Definitely. Uh, thanks for listening.